ESPN. ESPN. Lafayette, the best ticket in sports. Great Scott! The Great Scott Show. And as they head into the final furlong, all of the other radio stations and radio hosts are left in the wake of a keen turn of speed by the Great Scott Show, the champion. With Scott Prather. Steal the show. On ESPN 1420 and ESPN1420.com. Welcome into the Great Scott Show. It is Monday, December the 6th. Oof. We've got 44 college bowl games set. We have a, you know, I know the Saints and Cowboys played last Thursday, but a memorable week 13 in the NFL and a very emotional one in the Motor City. We got Dr. Brian Maggard on this morning coming up at 7.15 because Louisiana Ragin' Cajuns have a new football coach, a new head football coach. Their former one led the team to victory in a memorable environment Saturday afternoon into the evening at Cajun Field, an outright Sunbelt Conference championship, a 12th consecutive win, and a nice send-off. Then he got on a plane yesterday morning with his family, flew to Gainesville, and was introduced officially as the new head coach of the University of Florida. We got a lot to talk about. After I uh, visit with Dr. Maggard, we'll open up phone lines as well. I'll go through some of the best bowl games, some of the worst, some of the good matchups, the bad matchups. Louisiana heading to the New Orleans Bowl. Some fans have mixed reaction about that. There's some things that are in control. There's others that aren't. I I personally think the location is great. Um, but let's start with the big news that broke yesterday. I was helping to coach my son's basketball game when my phone buzzed and said that Michael Desermo was promoted from co-offensive coordinator to head coach of Louisiana's Rage Occasions. And it's Michael Desermo, not Desormo. I know a lot of folks around here enunciate the middle part of Desormo. Almost put like a Z on it, Desormo. Desermo, he, he enunciates the beginning of it. Most of you already know that, but just in case. Um, you know, he is now the 27th head coach. In program history, and Dr. Maggard is hoping he's one that if he ever does leave, it's to go somewhere else like Napier did. Now, it's unique for a number of reasons. Some of the reaction has been mixed for a number of reasons. You obviously have a, a homely connection. He Look, he was the interim coach in 2017, but he didn't get to actually coach a game between when Mark Husbeth was fired and Billy Napier was hired. He was the only member of the coaching staff retained by Napier, although Troy Wingerter was retained uh, in a in a role. Technically, you know, I mean, Troy's a coach. So, I, you know, if you want to say technically, Desermo was the only one retained, I feel like two coaches retained. 
I mean, Mike is got a great football acumen. He's tough. His players obviously love him. Um, he's only been at UL at the college level, both as a player and as a coach. He coached the Ascension Episcopal Blue Gators before joining Mark Hudspeth's staff. His brother now currently the coach there. New Iberian native, played quarterback for UL for four years. I remember covering him. I remember covering him well. And uh, he says he's thrilled, says he's honored. I'm hoping to have him on the show tomorrow. Couldn't get him on this morning because he is uh, on the road recruiting. He caught a flight at a Lafayette, I don't know, about maybe 5.30 this morning. He's worked with wide receivers, running backs, tight ends. I am anxious to ask if he is going. I I assume he's going to be the play caller, right, in the New Orleans Bowl against Marshall. And some folks are out there and they're saying, oh, what the heck? Is that all you can do is promote a guy that. And others are out there celebrating like it's it's the greatest hire ever. Let's be real, guys. We don't know if this is going to work out. Dr. Maggard firmly believes it is going to work out. Dr. Maggard, to his credit, has made good head coaching hires in his time. Oh, well, if he was just, you know, just because he's an alum and it's a feel-good thing. Eh, I don't think Dr. Magger wants to put his career on the line just because, you know, Coach Dez is an alum and it's a feel-good story. I think, I think there's a little more to it than that. But I, I, was, I was trying to think about situations in college sports, and there's probably more out there, of a team promoting from within for a head coach when one, you know, the, the previous head coach left elsewhere because they had a lot of success. And a team promoted from within and the coach they promoted from within only had ties that had only been in that program. Now, there's probably some more out there. I can't think of very many. The one I could think of, and a friend of mine brought it up to me, was Brad Stevens at Butler. And granted, that's a different sport. But Brad had only been at Butler. He's been assistant for, what, seven years? Then he was the head coach. And, of course, from there went to the... The Celtics worked out well for him. And he, you know, he got Butler in back-to-back national championship games. There's got to be some others out there. Maybe there's, there's, there's probably some where it didn't work out. Maybe there's somewhere it did. I don't know. I don't know. I can't really think of any. If you guys could think of some, let me know. And we'll, uh, We'll have open phone lines for you after my conversation with Dr. Magger, which is coming up in, uh, in just a little bit. But whether you're celebrating like it's, 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 it's the greatest hire of all time or whether you're just bickering like, what the heck is this? I thought it was a destination, blah, blah, blah. You don't really know where this is going. My biggest question one that I will ask Dr. Magger next and certainly will ask Coach Des when I talk to him is staff, right? Because I can bring up the Brad Stevens analogy. What do you have, three paid assistants in basketball? You have a large staff in football. Part of the reasons Coach Napier had so much success was the large salary pool for his assistant coaches. 
As he said yesterday in his opening press conference at the University of Florida, we are going to hire a lot of people. Whether it's coaches, whether it's assistants, whether it's, um, you know, football analysts, whatever you want to change the title to, to where they can be around the team but aren't technically a coach. Whatever it is, it's a large staff. And Napier has been around college football quite a bit before he was the head coach at UL. And he knew some of the members of his staff when they got there. He brought them in. And others, he didn't know until until he hired them. But he had a lot of connections around college football when acquiring that staff. You know, what is what is Dez's plans for the staff? How much of the staff is going to be back? I expect Jabar Luke to be with Coach Napier. I could be wrong. I, I expect him to be going to Florida. Also, Mark Hockey. Anyone else? Coach Napier told us, eh, it's going to be a small group now. And then once we get past signing day, it might be different. I, I don't... Maybe we can get some more elaboration. But I, I have a lot of questions about staff. I have no doubt the current players on the team, and you can see videos and other things, are thrilled that Coach Dez is back. Talk about culture and respect among players and coach. There's a whole lot of it in there with that. And as Dr. Maggard sat across from me Friday, he's not going to be in studio here in a few minutes. He will be on the phone line. When he sat across from me, he talked a lot about this isn't a reset. It's important to keep people here to keep this thing running. And I started asking him about the transfer portal. And he said, you know, players are watching. They're going to see what we do here. And it's important. We want to keep it. And when he got off, when, when he left the studio Friday, a lot of folks texted me, some emails, a few even called and said, man, it kind of more signs are kind of important pointing to Coach Desermo. Then reportedly he offered them job, offered him the, uh, the job a few hours later. So we got a lot to get into with Dr. Maggard. I appreciate him coming on. He's going to join me next. We'll have open phone lines after that. We're going to talk about all the bowls, the New Orleans Bowl, the Texas Bowl, where LSU's heading. We're going to talk about college football playoff, wild weekend in college football, couple of a uh, couple of great innings in the NFL yesterday. One in Detroit, one in Pittsburgh. It's a great Scott show. It's a busy Monday. Don't go anywhere. This is ESPN Lafayette, the best ticket in sports. We're right back right after this. He still hasn't given up his dream of becoming a member of the Beastie Boys. Mm, drop! Scott Prather on The Great Scott Show on ESPN Lafayette, the best ticket in sports. It does go well with a chicken. Welcome back into The Great Scott Show. Joining me now is the Vice President of Intercollegiate Athletics, referred to by many of you as Athletic Director. At the University of Louisiana, Dr. Brian Maggard is on with us. Dr. Maggard, good morning. Uh, first off, I hope you got some sleep last night because I'm sure last week you didn't get very much. You know, it's getting better each night now. But, uh, no, I'm uh, excited to start this week. Brand new head football coach, new chapter, and uh, it's time to rock and roll. All right, before before we get into the new chapter, and that is where we're going to spend a lot of this conversation um, that atmosphere on Saturday night, uh, Louisiana wins first outright Sunbelt Conference Championship, first conference championship since 1970, outright anyway. Um, you know, large student section. Uh, the home side of Cajun Field was was pretty 
pretty lively, pretty packed. I don't know if it's because they were just loving football. How many of them were, as you like to say, maybe sauced up? Regardless of why or how, obviously the product on the field had something to do with it. But uh, the fans that were there were were loud, man. That was a, that was from an attendance and atmosphere standpoint. That was one of the more memorable games in Cajun field history. Oh, no doubt, and I think that's you know the way it can and should be every home game. But uh, I do want to say, you know, for everybody listening right now, and if you know people who are at the game and aren't listening, uh, a huge thank you, you know, from myself personally, our athletics department, and certainly our football program. That crowd made a difference. There's no doubt about it. It was an electrifying atmosphere, and I can tell you, being on the sideline, when that uh, crowd was cheering and yelling, it was a piercingly loud sound. So thank you, everybody. When I chatted with you Friday in this studio about your search and the amount of time you were putting into looking for the next head coach, uh, there were some sleuths that were trying to read between the lines. I I will say this. I felt like there were maybe a few hints that an offer for Michael Desermo might be coming. Uh, Reportedly, you made him an offer a few hours after that on Friday. Uh, when, when, When was the exact time and when did you know during the process, okay, this is my first choice. You know, I think we uh, kind of narrowed in on Mike sometime on Thursday of last week. The exact time, I don't know. But um, I'll take that back. We It would have happened uh, early Friday morning. Uh, we just we didn't have the, the process finalized. I'm getting my days mixed up here. So early Friday morning is when we really – honed in on that, weighing all of our options, and it was about Friday around noon, a little bit before is when I had a chance to meet with Mike, and uh, I brought him in as if I had a few more follow-up questions you know, uh, for him after we had met earlier in the week, and uh, he graciously came over, and I just told him, you know, the final question I have is, would you accept the offer to be the next head football coach at the University of Louisiana? And he he very adamantly accepted that offer. How, uh, what, what are the what are the details of this offer, uh, Doctor Maggard? If I might ask, you know, we'll, we'll share that tomorrow uh, at the press conference. Uh, there'll be a press conference uh, tomorrow at three p.m. over in the Stadium Club at Russo Park, and that's when we'll be prepared to share the general terms of his upcoming contract. How, how many uh, did you actually interview? I know that you probably scoured through a lot more than you actually narrowed down and talked to. How many did you talk to? You know, we, we talked to, uh, uh, I, I personally spoke with um, with uh, four individuals. I'll leave it at that. But, um, you know, as I said earlier, we had internal and external candidates, and uh, we wanted to be very thorough in this process. But, uh, you know, the more we concluded and deliberated and talked with people, we recognized that the man we needed right now is on the staff currently, and Mike Desimo checked all of our boxes. I know, you know, we asked you last night, you, you won't give us names of other um, candidates you interviewed, but you, you, you said external and internal. Was there, was there anyone else on the staff that you talked to? You know, again, I'll uh, refrain from any of that because I think, you know, if I – if I answer that question, yes, it may be possible to figure out who it is. If I answer no, um, you know, let's just leave it. <laughs> I talked with people internally and externally, and uh, we landed on the right guy. Dr. Brian Maggard, our guest. I'm Scott Prather, ESPN Lafayette, the best ticket in sports. 
So again, these are some of these questions are, are out of curiosity. I don't. I've never. I'm not an AD, right? I've never interviewed someone for a head coaching position. So a two part question here: How long does an interview typically last? And how long was the initial interview with Coach Desermo? You know, we. Uh, I'm trying to think here. The the time spent with Mike was. Uh, probably around four hours, and uh, you know it uh, went very, very well. And I would say the same, really, with uh, any other candidates that we met with, was somewhere in that time frame. So you know they're rather lengthy. Uh, you want to make sure you uh, really get a feel of the candidate and and uh, just the different aspects of their personalities and experiences based on our job needs. But uh, no, I think Mike is pretty close to four hours if you know i know you're a father i would like to think that one day um a a young man would have enough respect to get your hand when they go to ask one of your daughters to marry them how long would that interview last are we talking four hours (laughs) it may very well be uh, depending on the candidate Um, that's an important candidate pool right there um all right. right all right let me let me get back to business here what uh so what what I know you've you've um, you've commented on it, but what specifically stood out the most that that lean you toward? Okay, he's of these four I've talked to, he's the one I'm going to make the offer to. You know, I would just say that uh, during this whole process, I was able to talk to a lot of our football student athletes. Um, I was able to talk to a lot of people who knew Mike personally. And, um, you know, it just came down to, I, I, for me, the given was that he, he knew our system, right? He has a high football acumen. Um, you know, he's very, very familiar with the state of Louisiana. And so, for me, it was a situation that, uh, between all those things and the fact that it was very apparent that he uh, had amazing relationships with our nationally ranked roster in that locker room. Uh, I think that was something that certainly gave him a a bit of an edge over anyone else. And again, a lot of factors go into it outside of that. But but for me, that's that's just such a huge part of the process and the the relationship aspect of being a head coach. So um, that was a big big piece of it for me. And uh, again, he just had kind of an advantage uh, knowing our system. You know, what we have today isn't broke. As I told the team yesterday, when I met with some of them who were in that room in 2017 of December, we had a broken product. We needed to rebuild. We needed to reset. And this is not the case now. We need to keep this thing going and continue to enhance and advance it. ESPN Lafayette, the best ticket in sports. Dr. Maggard visiting with us now. What did, uh, what did, what did Coach Napier tell you about Mike? I know you asked him his opinion. Yeah, absolutely. You know, I certainly value coaches thoughts and opinion on this. You know, he has a, a bird's eye view as well as a you know really good inside view of everything and, and he was unbelievably supportive to the point where, you know, when I asked him in his opinion do we have anybody internal, he certainly mentioned Coach Desimo. And uh, for a variety of reasons, many of which we discovered throughout our interview and search process. But uh, you know, he's extremely supportive of and I know he's very happy and he considers Mike to be a good friend, and uh, he's always going to be a phone call away if Mike ever needs him for anything. 
but uh, no, he was extremely supportive of Mike Desmond. Dr. Maggot, our guest, this is the great Scott Show. I'm Scott Prather. Obviously, your, your overall confidence in Coach Desimo to, to continue to push this program to new heights is high. Um, I, I said this in my opening segment. Um, I know that there's a homely feel-good aspect of this story for some, being that he played <clears throat> excuse me, at UL and you know, has a lot of it just has a lot of history at, at the university and within the program, but I, I describe that as sort of like icing on the cake. I, I know that that feel-good thing is is nice, but you're not making this promotion for because it's a it's a feel-good story. It's it's part of it. I'm not I'm not trying to downplay it. I'm just I just got to remind folks, you know, when you make a hire, I, I am I am I putting it too bluntly, Doctor Maggot, when I say with every hire, especially a football hire, in a lot of ways, you're you're kind of putting your career on the line. Something that's that important for your job. You're not going to do for feel-good reasons. If the icing comes with a cake, so be it. But it's it's so much deeper than that. Absolutely. You know, I think the fact that, you know, Mike is what I would consider a true son of the University of Louisiana and certainly somebody who's highly revered and respected in this area. Um, yeah, that's, that's just a byproduct of this particular hire. Uh, and it is icing on the cake, but it didn't have anything to do the fact of into our decision. You know, we, we believe that Mike Desimo is absolutely the right person for this job right now. Uh, he has the intangibles, you know, and we didn't set out, you know, to find somebody that has a lot in common with Billy Napier, but those two have a lot in common just from their um, the intrinsic uh, attributes that they bring. You know, they're both humble guys. They're both men of integrity and high character, uh, both great leaders, tremendous motivators, uh, they build amazing relationships with the student-athletes, both very genuine. Um, and so, you know, there, again, there are a lot of similarities between the two. But, again, that was not a requisite when we set out to find our next head coach. And so, um, no, this is an important decision for all of us. I told the team that yesterday before I announced him. I said we had to be thorough. I, I needed to make sure that we hired um, the best coach we could for this program right now. Uh, and there's a reason why we looked outside as well as inside. There's a reason why I spoke with so many student athletes that I did. Um, there's a reason why I spoke to people in the building, to people throughout the state and certainly across the country, um, about a variety of different people and a variety of different things. So we were very thorough. I know uh, we were able to make this decision in what seems to be a relative short amount of time, but uh, rest assured, we planned probably – what seems to be four weeks of work in about a week and a half. Dr. Maggard, our guest, ESPN Lafayette. Uh, how much of your conversation with Coach Desermo was about assembling the necessary staff? And uh, how much do you foresee, you know, guys that are currently working with him remaining at you? Mm-hmm. Yeah, we talked extensively about staff. That was a huge part of our conversation. And, you know, at the time that he and I were visiting, uh, you know, we knew that we were going to lose Coach Tony uh, to Florida, so, and we also knew we were going to lose Coach Hockey. And, you know, regardless, uh, if you're an offensive-minded coach, uh, one of the most important positions you're going to hire on your staff is the defensive coordinator, and certainly everybody knows the importance and value of your head strength coach, a critical, critical hire for any coach, whether they're on the offense or defensive side of the ball. So we talked extensively about that, and then we did talk about the rest of the staff, and, um, you know, uh, we knew going into this that 
had Coach Napier stayed, right, if there was no transition, we weren't going to make any changes on our staff. Uh, Billy put together an unbelievable group of men who are also fantastic coaches and uh, were gelling very well. Um, and so my, my belief would be that Mike would keep all the remaining coaches on the staff that want to be here, and I think they want to be here. They know we've got a great thing going. They want to continue to be a part of it. So I'm hoping that the, the transition will be minimal, but we know for sure that Coach Jaluka is gone. That will be a big hole to fill from a state of Louisiana recruiting standpoint. And then uh, we need to go out and get us a great defensive coordinator and a really, really good head strength coach. All right, ESPN Lafayette. Uh, so Coach Napier told us Saturday to, to just follow up on what you just said that he was only taking a few with him. And, and as it was reported last night, and you've just verified uh, Patrick Tony, Mark Hockey, Jabbar Jaluk, he said, we're taking a small group right now, and, you know, we, we've got signing day coming up and a quick turnaround. And he, he, I took it as almost insinuating there may be a little more after that. I, I, I'm just looking. I mean, can you elaborate on that at all, or, or is it what you just said you yeah. anticipate most of the staff being back, aside from the ones you just mentioned? Right. Well, now I do know Coach has taken a, a good number of the support staff members, you know, people who work in his uh, recruiting department and some operations uh, folks and things like that. And so, you know, people who uh, do a lot behind the scenes uh, in non-coaching capacities. A lot of those individuals uh, probably are in Gainesville right now. I think they left on uh, on Sunday to to go down there. So, uh, you know, I think uh, we'll have a Coach Des will have a good number of support staff people to to replace but i know right now his focus is on recruiting the official visit weekend coming up signing day in this bowl game well i know uh billy had close to 40 analysts uh throughout his time and that's quite a bit does does des plan on having quite that many and and if he does are you are you ready to uh you know to give him whatever he needs in that regard yeah, you know, we're not going to take any steps back on, on the level of support for that program. Um, now, Mike may uh, slice the in a little bit differently uh, to some degree, uh, but that's a little bit uh, premature for me to talk about now because I honestly don't know. I think he's – I know he has a plan. We talked about it during the interview process, but right now uh, I know he is on the recruiting trail, focused on that and preparing for this upcoming bowl game. Yeah, I know he was. Uh, he hopped on a plane this morning, uh, and uh, early, and and he's out on the recruiting trail. Um, I think there were maybe eleven commitments, ten last I heard, and um, you know after the Napier news, and I, I'm sure he's trying to keep all of those and get out there and do whatever he can do. Um, ESPN Lafayette, Doctor Maggard has uh, has been our guest. Uh, you mentioned the bowl game, as expected, the Arnell Carriers New Orleans Bowl. Um, it's against Marshall and folks that are interested in, in tickets. We've got a story up right now over at ESPNLafayette.com. Uh, all the details and how you can go get them and get them through the university, which is always very important. You know, you don't just go to SeatGeek and do, well, you don't know where it's coming from. So definitely helps when you buy it through the university. Um, what I, I, I get into this with fans a lot. I, I think New Orleans is a great destination for obvious reasons. Mm-hmm. Um, the options of a 12-1 and Sunbelt team when it's not a select six. 
ESPN owns so many bowls. ESPN's in a contract with the Sun Belt. And I think because there is a, how, how would I put this, a very small percentage chance that ESPN, if they wanted to, could just sort of throw a bunch of cards on a table and move a bunch of stuff around, not something they typically do. You know, more times than not, a lot of the time, you're going to be playing in a bowl with a Sunbelt tie-in. And this year, I know the New Orleans Bowl uh, exercised their right to have uh, the first choice. And being that their five biggest attended games in the history of the progr- in the history of the bowl have been when UL played in it, it didn't take a rocket scientist to know that they were... I mean, I saw Billy Ferenci walking around Cajun Field on Saturday. Everyone, everyone knew that, that they were heading there, but... I guess for some of the fan base, Dr. Maggard, that don't understand sort of the intricacies and ESPN and the TV contract, could you elaborate a little bit on how it works and this idea of, man, I mean, the the sugar or the cotton and and sort of what it, the reality of that versus, um, you know, what what the Cajuns are doing. And again, I, I, for one, I love New Orleans. I used to live there. I visited often, and the New Orleans Bulls have been pretty fun. And it's been a it's been a while since the Cajuns have been play have played in one. Yeah, you know, for me personally, Scott, I'm extremely excited because Kerry uh, and I we have yet to experience the New Orleans Bowl. We've heard so many great things about it. Uh, just the turnout of our fans, both those from New Orleans and, and here from uh, Lafayette and throughout Acadiana. So we're very excited personally. I think it's going to be a great. A city, a great atmosphere for this record-setting football team to, to finalize its season and hopefully end at 13-1, and which is just remarkable. Um, but the way that it works is, to your point, we do, uh, as, a, as a conference, we are contracted with five specific bowls. Three of those bowls uh, are owned by ESPN, and the other two, uh, the one in Mobile and the New Orleans Bowl, uh, those are independently ran. Uh, within our bowl agreement, the New Orleans Bowl has an opportunity four times out of a six-year contract period to select first the University of Louisiana. And so they're exercising that, that option this year. But we are the only team that if they choose to exercise that pick, that they can pick. Um, and so I think it makes perfect sense this year to do it. You know, really excited about the uh, opponent in Marshall, uh, an upcoming Sun Belt uh, member. And I think it's going to be a very competitive game and one that I really, really hope uh, Cajun Nation comes out in full force because we need a great crowd and, and there's uh, no better opportunity in the great state of, or excuse me, the great city of New Orleans to, to watch Coach Desimo uh, coach and call his first game. You, you uh, four out of six years. How many years are left on the the current contract between the Sun Belt and and the Bulls? Yeah, I knew you were going to ask that. I, I think we're around. We have maybe two years left. Okay. Uh, don't quote me on that, but I think it's something like that. For some reason, I'm thinking uh, 24 is when we're done, but um, 24, 25, one of the two. What what Louisiana's playing Marshall. Could Marshall be in the Sun Belt as soon as next year? There's been some chatter about uh, yeah. some of the teams trying to get there sooner rather than later. Yes, I think you'll see all team, all, all schools and all sports, with the exception of James Madison football, to start competing in the Sun Belt next season for the 22-23 academic year. 
And the reason James Madison cannot do it is because as they move up from FCS to FBS, uh, they've got a, a, a two-year window, but I think they're trying to get some type of waiver that would allow them to be uh, able to come on board for the 23 season. So uh, very excited about that opportunity. I'm not sure that's finalized just yet, but that's what we're certainly anticipating. And I know our conference office will be working around the clock to, to get all the sports schedules aligned and adjusted for the upcoming academic year. 38 after the hour. Circling back, I, I meant to ask you this earlier. Does, does Coach Desimo plan on being the play caller? Is that something that was discussed? It is, and that's something that, uh, you know, he and I talked about extensively. Now, again, um, you know, I don't know a whole lot about that, to be real candid with you, right, in terms of uh, uh, the play calling abilities and, and or, you know, how it would best work, you know, for a head coach to do that. But, um, you know, I do know what his role is on the current staff. I know he is the one signaling the calls in to Levi. I know he's the one who's involved in adjustments on the sideline, and everyone I spoke to, Coach Napier included, uh, had zero concerns about Mike Desimo calling our, calling our plays. But I do, I do believe Mike uh, has a vast interest in doing that. Well, you'll get a chance to see it uh, in, uh, okay. man, not that long. What, 12 days? I know it. Uh, quick turnaround, I'm sure. Here. By Very the time cool. Christmas uh, comes, you're probably going to sleep for about four days. Uh, Dr. Maggard has been our guest. <laughs> I believe uh, anything else you want to add uh, to the to the listeners' fan base, or or you know, I, I guess a good way to close this, Doctor yeah. Maggot. Is there anything that any misunderstanding or or misconception rather that you see out there, whether it pertains to a hire or a bowl game or sure. or the like? Uh, you know, I would just say, um, you know, I think uh, some people might question, and you kind of hit on this, that you know because this has been Coach Desmond's only stop, you know, is he is he not yet prepared to be a to be a head coach? Does he need to go away for a period of time? And, you know, I think Mike Desmond would say this, and I certainly would, that he was very fortunate in that that outside experience came to him and a guy named Billy Napier as opposed to him having to go away. And so he, he's had the last four years to learn under one of the best football coaches in America, in my opinion. I don't think there's any coach out there that wouldn't give a lot to spend four years with Billy Napier. And Billy came in, he provided a blueprint, laid a foundation. Uh, Mike Desimo was a key part in getting that implemented. He knows this system very well. Uh, the system that incorporates training, um, scheming, character development, all those kinds of things. He is, a, he is ready to take these reins. It's not broke. You don't need to fix it. And we just need to continue to enhance it and advance it. Uh, and then finally, you know, people might think because you've only been in one spot, you may have limited networking capabilities. And I will tell you with Mike Desimo, he has a very large network. You know, everybody he's worked with for the past six years, not just the four years, but the six years at this university, uh, trust me, the college football network, although it's pretty large in, in number, it's really small and tight. And uh, Mike Desimo uh, is highly respected in this coaching industry. He is very well networked, and uh, he is going to have access to tremendous resources moving forward, just like any other coach here would have. And so I could not be more excited for him to take the reins. 
Dr. Maggard, I appreciate you taking the time this morning. We'll uh, we'll maybe talk again uh, next week as uh, bowl week approaches. I look forward to talking to Coach yes, Desermo soon uh, when he gets back uh, and touchdowns back here in Acadiana from the road recruiting. And I know he'll be officially announced uh, tomorrow, as you said, with a uh, 3 o'clock press conference. So all the best. Appreciate it. And we'll talk soon. All right. And thank you to all of Cajun Nation for showing up Saturday. Tremendous tremendous atmosphere and uh trust me when i say our best days lie ahead all right thank you dr maggard thank you dr brian maggard vice president of intercollegiate athletics at louisiana the uh athletic director for the raging cajuns michael desermo notice that at the end there you know i asked him earlier about the confidence in assembling a staff and how many you know, connections as he have since he's never been outside of UL. And then at the end there, he wanted to reemphasize that. Feels like he has a large network. I mean, he sees it, right? Dr. Maggard sees the chatter from some in the fan base. It's like, yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't know about this. And he sees the other side of it, of this is amazing, and it's, it's a homecoming. It's not really a homecoming. I guess that's the wrong word. He's staying at home, but... Native son of the program, as many put it. And that's just icing on the cake. It's not really has anything to do with why you make the hire, right? Football hires are the most important. No disrespect to any of the other sports. College football drives much more of the College football holds a lot more financial ramifications at a university than any other sport. You know, football is the window for many universities, for many universities across the country. In terms of not just, oh, well, you're promoting the program and people want to buy gear. No, you're promoting the entire university. right? Somebody buys season tickets. It's, it's good money. You know where a school makes a lot more money? When a student enrolls at a university and stays there and graduates. And to think that football has nothing to do with that, statistics will tell you it has quite quite a bit to do with that. Quite a bit. A football hire, when you are hiring the head football coach as an athletic director, especially at an FCS school, you're, you're a lot of, you know, in some ways, it's a, in some cases you may be putting your career on the line with the hire. In others, you can have a lot of success. You might not knock it out the park with a football hire and you're going to be okay. But in terms of legacy, in terms of the job you're doing, the amount of weight that is put on that hire cannot, words can't do it justice. I'll say it that way. And obviously the guy, as I told him, he's not going to put his career on the line if he doesn't think, you know, this is, this is the guy for the job. Lines are lit up. I see you guys. I appreciate it. We're going to take a quick time out. If you hang tight, I will get to all of your phone calls when we come back after this. 
I'm Scott Prather. It's the great Scott Show. ESPN Lafayette, the best ticket in sports. Let's hear from you next right here on ESPN Lafayette. What up, guys? I'm here to tell you about the DraftKings Sportsbook that's coming to Louisiana. I'm not talking about the fantasy aspect of DraftKings, which is awesome. I'm talking about the actual sportsbook because it won't be long until you can bet on all your favorite sports from the comfort of your own home. And to celebrate, DraftKings Sportsbook is giving customers $100 in free bets when you sign up before they go live. That's right. DraftKings Sportsbook giving $100 in free bets just for signing up today. No deposit required. It's bringing their experience as a leader in daily fantasy sports to the sports betting world and have created one of America's top-rated sportsbook apps, DraftKings Sportsbook. In the meantime, while they're preparing to launch the DraftKings Sportsbook in Louisiana, you can play right now for huge cash prizes with the DraftKings Daily Fantasy Sports Contest. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use code 1420 when you sign up. Because when you do, $100 in free bets to use on mobile sports betting in Louisiana as soon as it hits. That's code 1420 to get $100 in free bets instantly only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Gambling problem? Call 1-877-770-STOP. Must be 21 or older. Louisiana only. Availability varies by parish. Eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com slash sportsbook for full terms and conditions. You, my friend. I'm glad I did this test on you, the friendship test. What? You got the best seat in the house. ESPN Lafayette. ESPNLafayette.com and the ESPN Lafayette app. Into the Great Scott Show. I'm Scott Prather. ESPN Lafayette, the best ticket in sports. We'll open up phone lines now. 269-1077-269-1077. Michael Desimo, the new head coach of UL. We're going to get into some bowl game talk next hour. NFL Week 13 a little bit as well. But I want you guys to uh, have your say if you want to get on the show. We will uh, head to the phone lines right now. Good morning. Welcome into the Great Scott Show. Hello. Good morning, Scott. Great interview. Uh, great, great interview. I thought Dr. Maggot answered every question as professional as he could that you uh, asked of him. I'm a little confused. I understand the picking order towards the Sun Belt. What's the picking order on our opponent from Conference USA? Do you know anything about that? Because we've got two division champs. And I think uh, what San Antonio beat Western. I, I, all, all, I, all I know is that the New Orleans Bowl does not have the option to pick whoever they want out of CUSA on a okay. semi-regular okay. basis. Okay. Um, so that champion and maybe and or the loser of the conference game was selected by another bowl before they... Uh, I, I think, uh, I think ESPN play. has a lot more... Um, it's Well, you know... I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna try to reach out to Billy Ferrente to get some, some clarification. Yeah, on. because you know, I do. But I, but I do. I want to say, my, I want to say, uh, Jones, that they don't. It's, I think UL is okay. the only school in that contract where they can say, hey, four out of six years, if we want, we have the right you to pick you. Okay. Um, We've got to educate our fans because everybody's, no, 
several people are belly aching. You know, we're 12 and 1, whatever. We're playing a 7 and 5. You know, we've got to educate our fans more than we're doing. No, the university does. Not to you, but the university. So that was, that was my only question. Uh, the picking order of the opponent and everything, like you said, it makes sense. The New Orleans Bowl cannot pick their opponent. It's, uh, it's, it's selected by someone well, else. Well, I, I say they can't pick it. What I'm saying is they don't just have their pick of the litter of we can just pick whoever we want no, out of Cusa. No, but, no, but here we go. You know, people, the general public looks at priority in bowls. Of course, the New Orleans Bowl, to me, is more, one of more of your more practical bowls. It's New Orleans. I think they, they do a heck of a job. But then for... Uh, the other three bowls, and again, I'm just going from. I thought San Antonio U would have been a great matchup. A Absolutely, I think that was the most ideal matchup, and oh, one that I yeah. think everyone you know, would have uh, would have signed off right. on in West, a second. Western Kentucky, Western Kentucky was a division champ, lost 47-42 or whatever. That and boom, and then I guess they don't look at well. Hey, we're putting a potential Sun Belt team with the conference Sun Belt champion. So, I'm someone from the from the uh, conference or the university needs to educate the few, the minority, that do not understand, hey, why are we not playing X instead of Y? But uh, my concern, that's all. But I, I think between you and I, I think we might have resolved that. that New Orleans could not pick the opponent. They were very happy just to pick us. And I think it's great. There's no other bowl better for us to go unless we'd make a New Year's Day bowl, okay, period. Scott, keep up the good work, buddy. All right, thank you, Jones. Bye-bye. They can... Pick an opponent, it just may not be the first. They don't have the first pick for the opponent, right? So by the time it gets to them, they're choosing from, you know, some schools and UTSA heading to Frisco. And again, ESPN gets involved in this stuff too with the bowls they own. Uh, we have a lot of lines lit up. We got five phone lines lit up. I will uh, try to get to you guys, but some of you are going to have to wait uh, until next hour. Let's take uh, one more. We got uh, about. We're coming up on the break in two minutes here. So last call of this hour, we'll get to some more calls on the other side. Good morning. Welcome to the show. Hey, good morning, Scott. Hey, Scott, just want to touch bases on the hire of Mike. I want to say that I am happy, happy, happy that somebody will hire our young coaches. Mike represents the young coaches that would like to get that up. There's a lot of reasons why they hired Mike. There's a lot of reasons why Mike is a good fit right now with the current matters that UL is going through. With the success, he's been a part of it. He was a player here, putting that beside, but he was a part of this success and the runs with Napier. He knows what's going on on the inside. And with the direction that the football program is going with the money's invested in what we want to do with our stadium and the progression right now, with all due respect to everybody, I think that looking out in the country, Mike is the best choice right now. Mike, good luck. Surround yourself with the right people. Listen to people, be open, and might do what you know what to do. Take care of that football program. Thank you. Brave Sky Show continues after this. Hello, everybody. Welcome in to the Great Scott Show, the great sports callers. Oh, thanks, Hank. I'm Scott Prather on a Monday. 
Appreciate Dr. Maggard hopping on the show. In hour number one, started getting to some of your phone calls. Lines lit up again at 269-1077. And uh, we will hear from you. I said early last hour, you know, trying to think of a of a coach that had only been at, at one university and got promoted from within and then just stayed there. Um, you know, hadn't, hadn't been anywhere else. Jay uh, emails the show. He says, Mike Gundy and Pat Fitzgerald come to mind. Um. Yeah, I mean, where I know Gundy played at uh, at Oklahoma State. I guess that's where he spent all his time. I, I'm not a personally. I'm not a fan of Mike Gundy. That's just me. But I think I think you know I think Mike Gundy. If I'm not mistaken, I want to say he was at Maryland for a little while. Maybe Baylor. I think he had a little bit of time away from Oklahoma State. Now, almost the vast majority of his time has just been there as a player, but I, there's like maybe three or four years that he was at a different college on a uh, on a coaching staff. I mean, the Brad Stevens one is the one I thought of because he had never been anywhere other than that. And Pat Fitzgerald, he was at a couple of other schools, too, if I'm not mistaken, before he went to Northwestern. Not many, but just even if it's a couple of years away. So that's, that for me... You know, that's, again, why I, I'm having trouble thinking of someone, you know, for, and, and Jay pointed that out uh, as I'm le- reading it now. He says, I think, you know, I see they coached at other colleges. Yeah, I'm, I'm trying to think of one in college football similar. And uh, there might be some out there. I'm not coming up with it currently. Anyway, somebody thinks of it, sees it, let me know. Just to settle my own curiosity. I'd appreciate it. ESPN Lafayette, the best ticket in sports, 269-1077. Appreciate the email, Jay. Uh, let's head to the phone lines now. Good morning. Welcome into the show. Hello. Hey. Hey, what's up? Am I okay? <clears throat> Look, if somebody's questioning this, it doesn't mean they're disloyal or they're not really a fan or they don't really care about the program. Can we establish that to Are you- start out with? Sure. Are you talking about uh-huh. the, the, the hire or are you talking about the bowl? I'm talking about the hire. Yeah. I'm sorry, I ain't talking about the bowl. I'm talking about the hire, okay? Because this this is the most important hire that's ever been made at that school, in, in its sports programs anyway, okay? There's, there's no two ways about it. The most important hire they have ever had to make. Can we start there? Yeah, I, I haven't disagreed okay. with you yet, which is which is rare. On okay, a that's number one. Okay, number two, if you you got a guy who's the who's basically the head of recruiting at the university, all right. Now he has to become the head coach. He's not going to be everybody's buddy anymore. Okay, you want to know you want to know how that? How, I'm going to explain to you the situation generally when you hire from within. You end up with a situation like Ed Ogeron. Okay, Ed Ogeron went from being the greatest guy in the world to being a genius to all of a sudden Ed Ogeron didn't know nothing about football and was the biggest you know what and ended up on the street 
albeit with a lot of money, but ended up on the street because all of a sudden he couldn't coach anymore or never had really coached and was just lucky and caught lightning in a bottle 15 times. Okay? That's, that, that's generally where, where you go, the way it goes when you hire from within, even if you hire somebody who's been all over the place. So my question is about the whole situation is, you know, how many, I don't want to know who all their names were, how many candidates do we really look at and seriously consider in this situation and what, you know, in the process, did, did we look at everybody that we could have looked at and did, did the candidate that got hired, did he go through with Dr. Maggard and say, hey, this guy is who I'm looking at as my defensive coordinator because you had to know you were going to lose Patrick Tony. This is who I'm going to look at as my defensive coordinator. I asked him I that, and he answered yes. I'm sure that he asked okay. him those questions when he I, talked to I, him I, for I over four that. hours. I didn't hear that. Yeah. Okay. Okay. I'll get to I'll have it up on the website okay. later. It was right. informative. You can hear a lot. So, yes. But, but, but oh, and, you know, who are, who are, who are the coordinators going to be, and who's going to take over recruiting? Because I got news. You're not going to be the head coach and go out and personally recruit one-third of the football players on your football team. If you do that, you're going the wrong direction. That's, that's just the way it is. All right? And, and, and before anybody gets mad at me about that, I'm not being ugly. I'm not being no, mean. I'm, I'm sure I'm being, these, I, I'm whether, whether, whether it's going to work or not, time will tell. But to think that they haven't asked these questions or have a plan in place would be, I mean, yeah. they're not just winging it here. All right, here you go. Here's well, the job. Look, look, Good look, luck. Look, Thumbs hey, up. Scott, Scott, Scott. I'm not questioning the plan. Okay. I'm not questioning the Billy, let me, let me tell you something. Nick Saban walked off and left LSU with a plan that lasted for 20 years after he was gone. That plan is done. It's over. Okay? And if UL can last 20 years, because I know that Billy did the best he could to implement his plan, which is based on that plan. I've seen it work. I know it's going to work in Florida. There ain't no doubt in my mind. Okay, but you had a person with a particular personality who had the ability to install yes. he's that got, plan. He's got he's got okay. big shoes to had, fill. There is no question. And you had what with him. And you had at LSU you had one advantage money, a lot of money to make sure that that plan was able and, and to from a Sunbelt standpoint, Louisiana to, has to spent succeed. considerably more money on football in the last four years than any other Sunbelt school by a lot. And, and, it, and I can tell you, it shows. <laughs> it shows. And so I, I don't think, I don't think the these things are going to stop. I, I think yeah. and now look, and, is it going to yeah. work or not? I'm not going to sit here. People want me to be, you know, Mr. Hot take. I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't know. I have no idea. Well, don't you well, look? You do a great job of interviewing. A great job, okay, Scott. You you really do. I, I love to I love to hear your interviews. I would like you to ask when you get Michael Desormo on. 
what his plan is and how you know. I have a lot. I have a lot of questions. I have a lot of questions for Des. I have a lot of questions for him, and I hope to ask him those questions tomorrow. Yeah. And I don't want. I don't want people that you know. When you ask, I mean, I want people to understand. Hey, you know, we need to know. You 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 know, if you're going to be who you you're going to be and be successful. Then, then don't be afraid for everybody to know. And I, I sure as hell don't need other people in the fan base telling me, you know, are you not a real fan because you're not. No, oh, look, not. if if okay. if somebody if somebody wants to, part. if somebody has okay. questions, uh, I think that's natural. Yeah. I mean, go on. I think it's natural. Yeah. Well, we don't need to go Nazi, okay? If if, if somebody has questions, it ain't because they ain't a fan. It's because they want to, you know. Hey, what are you thinking? And maybe they won't listen, listen, Kyle. Successful. I got I got other lines lit up. I'll I'll close All with right. this. To All have right. questions is fine. I think for someone to definitively say today, this is the dumbest hire ever. I think that's stupid. I think for somebody to well, say this time, is the greatest hire of all time that. today, I think that's stupid too. I mean, I think questions I, is I is, is the proper response. And and only you know, let's let's un, let's unpack some of this stuff I, in the next I'll week as we learn this. more. I'll tell you this. It ain't going to take a whole year for him to get his first test. His first test is coming in that New Orleans Yes, yeah, in 12 days. And, and I can tell you right now, if he if he is the hire that he's supposed to be, we coming from within, and these guys all motivated about it, then it ought to be a, a, a pretty badass whipping on Marshall right, coming to New Orleans Bowl December 18th. Thank you. Thank that, you is, that should be a fact. Have a, good, have a good day, bro. Later. Thank you. All right, let's keep it rolling. Back to the phone lines. Good morning. Hello. I would have went out to Deion Sanders. Um, I, I think the model should be like when Arkansas State had those coaches that stayed for like two or three years and they went off. I think I, would stay, I think that was Arkansas State, right? Yeah, but where's Arkansas State now? Well, I'm, hey, they're two I, and I, ten. I don't think they're gonna have a. They're two and ten. I mean, it worked for it did work for a little while. I'm not I'm not telling you it didn't, but it, it hadn't worked as of late. But what I'm saying is, you, you just lost a coach to a Power Five school after what three, four, se- after four seasons. Mm-hmm. Keep that model. Like go after, uh, you know. I know he had some. Uh, you no, know, Dion would be a name. You know, I know he's trying to move on to a, a bigger college. But what he did at Jackson State in those two years, you know, I think he could put seats in the fans. Um, I think he can. A you man mean like fans, him could you promote. mean fans in the seats. I'm sorry, it was funny. <laughs> Oh, seats yeah. in the fans. It was just I I well, I can give you grief because you give me grief, and I and I, I misspeak all the time with dumb words like that. So my bad. Excuse me, sorry. And um, but <laughs> but yes, put fans in the seat. I think he'll promote. But uh, I, I just don't feel excited with this hire, like I felt with her, like I felt with Napier. Uh, maybe over time, I'm not like you said. I, I give it a chance to see what's up. I guess. What is uh, you, you think this hire was, you know, maybe we need someone to recruit the uh, private schools. No, I, I no, I, I think this was, I think this was, I think Dr. Maggard made it clear that this is who he feels like will continue. He, did, he doesn't want to reset anything, right? He feels like this guy's not going to come in and change a ton of things. Which, if it's some, if it's someone that's never been here, they're probably going to change staff. They might have a whole new offense, right? I think he made it clear that he feels like players will want to continue to come play here because they're seeing that it works. Um, will it work again? Time will tell, but that's, 
ultimately, the guy's not going to put his career on the line for, you know, it's a feel-good story. You know, Dr. Maggard obviously believes that this is the guy that's going to continue that. He said that, you know, this program doesn't need a reset. It's not in a place where we have to to start over. Um, you know, Desermo's job's going to be to keep this train rolling and, and, and to keep the program ascending, which is a very difficult job because they've won 11 games in a row. I mean, Billy was 7-7 seven and seven in his first year. He went 32-5 and five after that, or 33-5. and five. I mean, that's unprecedented success. They're ranked 16th today. And, you know, they might finish in the top 15 again with a win in 12 days. So um, whoever it was going to be, it was going to be awfully tough. And I think, uh, I think for, for Desermo, anytime it's not going to be fair. Anytime he loses a game, the, 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 the critics that are, oh, well, how can you just promote? They're going to say that every time. And then when he lose, when he wins the game, you know, the other side is probably going to overreact and say, oh, all you that said he couldn't do it. It's like it's <laughs> I, and that's just part of sports today. But I feel like because it's a guy that played there and has been here um, and the circumstances of the hire is just going to elevate those two sides. And hopefully at some point, you know, they're all rooting for the same school. Hopefully they can all come together and, um, you know, agree on something. But I, I don't I, I think for at least the first year or two. We're going to get those calls one way or the other after every win or loss. Maybe the uh, AD's looking elsewhere. Maybe he's uh, maybe his time is coming to that. Well, I asked him uh, last week him. if he was, and and he said uh, he said no. So I'll take him at his word. I don't know, man. With a high like this, I think the man is is moving on. But look, you have a good one, and uh, thank you. Don't think it's happening now, but quarter after the hour of eight o'clock. Two six nine ten seventy seven. Three three seven two six nine one zero seven seven. Give me a holler. You can email the show as well, Scott at ESPN Lafayette.com. You can tweet the show at ESPN Lafayette and send in your thoughts that way. Richie Falgo is gonna join us in a little bit. Richie, a former player, actually played with Des. Coach Desermo. You'll hear a lot of people refer to him as Des. That's what his players call him. That's what his teammates call him. I say that's what his players call him. I don't know. I might call him Coach Des. I know that's what his teammates called him back in the day. And uh, Richie played with him. And Richie, the uh, pregame analyst for football pregame show as a former player. See, this hire feels a lot more about continuity from within. Obviously, the ultimate thing you want to accomplish with continuity is winning, continuing to win. But that's that's a big part of this hire. The fact that Michael Desermo played there and, oh, why did you hire a guy that, you know, coached high school and coached it? Tell you something. A lot of guys coached high school before they got into college. The ultimate thing was the thing that I asked Maggard about, or my biggest question is what I asked him about and what he highlighted on again at the end. My biggest question, and it's one that I'll ask Coach Desermo when I talk to him, and it's Desermo. It's not Desormo. That's how he pronounces it, Desermo. It's always funny when you get somebody at UL, a player, a coach, that like has the Cajun name, but they say it a little different. Like Blake Traha was Trahan. Why are you calling him? Why are you calling him Trahan? That's how he says it. But Coach Desermo, my question is, somebody that has not been anywhere else in the world of college football, 
their network when it comes to acquiring a staff, their network in the sport of college football. And Dr. Maggard said at the end there, he said, I get, I get it. The guy has large networking abilities. It was something he talked to him a lot about. He says Coach Desermo has it. He says he has a very wide net, very large network across college football. That's what Dr. Maggard said. And that he's got uh, some of the best training in college football over the last four years. Looking forward to talking to Coach Des. Looking forward to that. Uh, hoping that's going to be tomorrow morning. I know the official press conference for him is uh, is tomorrow at 3. Hoping that I can get him on tomorrow morning. Talk to him beforehand and uh, get some of those good questions. In. Don't go anywhere. We're going to take a timeout. Richie Falgu coming up a little later. An emotional week 13 in the NFL. Some of the better bowl games. College football playoff is set. We're going to try to dig into all of that as well. This morning on the Great Scott Show. Don't go anywhere. This is ESPN Lafayette now, 1033 on the FM, 1420 on the AM, and streaming worldwide via the ESPN Lafayette app. And for those of you listening in connected cars and on smart speakers, that is brought to you by Champagne's Mark on the Wilson or Champagne's going the extra mile. One other big, big thing that Dr. Maggard said, and it had nothing to do with Coach Desermo or the New Orleans Bowl. Did you guys miss it? Did you? I'll tell you what it was next right after this. CSP and Lafayette, best ticket in sports. Hey, this is Rich Eisen, and you can hear me every day on ESPN Lafayette from noon to 3 on The Rich Eisen Show. You, my friend. I'm glad I did this test on you, the friendship test. What? You got the best seat in the house. ESPN Lafayette. ESPNLafayette.com and the ESPN Lafayette app. Welcome back into the Great Scott Show. Richie Falgu coming up in a little bit. 25 after the hour. NFL Week 13. The Lions get their first win under Dan Campbell. Derek Goff throws a touchdown on the last play of the game. And Dan Campbell was crying. And it was not a. It was. It wasn't a situation where you're going to make jokes about him crying. And oh yeah, damn! It it was it, it. The Lions hadn't won a game in a year. And when that game ended, Dan Campbell went to the podium and said, "This game ball goes to the whole Oxford community and all those that were affected." It was not forced. It was not stale. It was not disingenuous. It was real, raw emotion because Oxford, a suburb of Detroit, was rocked last week. 
due to a school shooting. 4 individuals were killed. There's too many school shootings. One is too many and there's way more than one. And he immediately read off the names of those who were shot. Jared Goff, who he rarely gets emotional. I try not to get emotional. You hope to be a life for those people and outlet it's, it's a lot bigger than us, it's a lot bigger than our sport. And you might say it's not important. It's just football, it's just this having a bigger platform, sharing the names of the victims is important. Connecting to a community is important. Little things can bring people together in a world that has a lot of divisiveness. And that to me was the biggest moment of the day in sports yesterday, in week 13. It was a great ending to a game. Uh, Pittsburgh, Baltimore was a great ending. I mean, how about John Harbaugh going for two there with 12 seconds left for the win? And it was there. It was there. Couldn't quite complete the pass to Andrews, and uh, the Steelers got a win and still feel alive. I did chuckle at the reports that – This will be Ben Roethlisberger's last season. He has told people privately. Privately. Let's put that in quotes since every single reporter in the world didn't. They just said through his source. He made sure everybody knew that. Everybody. But but yeah, it was busy yesterday. I didn't get to watch a ton of football, but I did catch the end of Baltimore and Pittsburgh. And then watch some of Sunday Night Football, but After Teddy's pass was tipped for a pick six, he actually tried to make a tackle this time. It didn't work. And I love Teddy. But after that, it was uh, it was pretty much done. It was pretty much done. Chiefs, like I said, don't look now, but the Chiefs are back. The Chiefs are back. Washington football team won, though they played dirty. They injured the running back for the Raiders with a roll-up tackle. Very, very dirty play. Um. Gardner Minshew led the Eagles to a victory. They're in the seventh spot right now in the NFC. But the biggest part, and I think the most important part of yesterday, was the Lions win and and what they did afterwards. The best game on the Week 13 schedule is tonight. That's the best game on the schedule. Bill's Patriots. Bills get a win, their first place in the AFC East, where many thought they would be. They're at home against a team that has a rookie quarterback but has acted like their big brother for the last, oh, I don't know, 20 years. This is the moment for Buffalo. Nationally televised, at home, against that team. And if the Pats win... Man, they're rolling. You're talking about competing for the one seed in the AFC playoffs, a bye, top the division, all this stuff. The Patriots have been forcing a ton of turnovers. When you look at the Bills' losses this season, what do they do? They turned it over, and they turned it over a lot. 
They turned it over two times against the Saints. Granted, they won 31-6 against the Saints JV team. My point is they, they get a little too many turnovers for that team. They do that tonight, they're going to lose. Straight up on paper, man-to-man, team against team, the, the Bills are more talented, more explosive. But the Patriots win game different ways. They're in their six-game win streak. They're, what, plus 13 in the turnover department? It's going to be a big one tonight. Should be fun. Looking forward to watching Monday Night Football tonight. Can't say that every week. I can say it this week. No doubt about it. Uh, Emails. Let me see here. Sometimes these come in, and I want to make sure I read them before I read them out loud. Uh, Okay. Uh, Toddy emails. says, hey, Scott. Mike's playing days, most people don't know and or remember, but Mike was a four-time All-Sun Belt Conference selection, twice selected as athlete utility, and twice as quarterback. He also played four to five different positions in his career, including defensive back, receiver, quarterback, and special teams. I think Tyrell Fenroy is the only other person to do that as far as the uh, four times All-Sun Belt. Yeah. I mean, I, I, we'll, we'll talk to Richie Falgu now. He's the guy that played with Mike. I mean, I remember Mike as a player. That was right when I got back here and started working here and you know mike went to the nfl he was with the jaguars on their practice squad they had him playing db playing special teams and he uh he left to go play in canada i think they were gonna give him a chance to play quarterback didn't work out and um you know fought hard but when the cfl didn't work out that's when he came back home in this area and started coaching and now at what 36 years old he's the head coach of program that he played for that's currently ranked 16th in the country folks have had various reactions to the hire well as richie falgu host of the rage occasion football pregame show former rage occasion wide receiver and um a guy that played with coach desermo his thoughts on the matter good morning richie how are you on this monday my friend hey scott i'm doing good my uh, voice is slowly coming back from uh you know letting it uh, be heard Saturday in Cajun Field. But what an incredible game and an incredible weekend for this Cajun football program and the university. So how do they keep that up? How do they keep that ascending with Coach Desermo? Yeah, I mean, let's – and I get it. I get some people are, hey, you know, they wanted the next coming of Vince Lombardi. You know, they just wanted a big splash. They wanted another name. But anybody who's saying that has never really truly met Mike Desimo. And the great thing is he's very approachable. And once you meet him, I think you'll have a greater understanding of what's going on here. And this is this is completely Richie Falgu's 101, what he thinks is going on. I have no insight, no idea, but this is just what I think from playing with Coach Bustle and Mike Desimo and then being a part somewhat of Coach Hudair calling games and seeing how things went and then continuing a little bit on with coach Napier and being involved with the RCAF and seeing different things. But it's all about structure, Scott. When when you, when I got to college, you learn real quick that there was no more of a, just a practice of a whole team. It's, it's more compartmentalized. You have in fall camp, it's offense versus defense. Every, every day you have offensive meetings with your positions um, and, and, you know, coach, coach Hudd and them kind of took that to the next level and their, their all season program kind of went to the next level. And I think you saw the program also take that step with him. 
And then came Coach Napier, and he completely built even more on that. And what I mean like that is people don't realize, we, when I played here with Coach Bustle, we had one grad assistant on offense and one grad assistant on defense. We'd be happy, we'd be lucky if we could get a student assistant to come help out. Um, I think we have one on each side of the ball. Coach Hud kind of brought a little bit more, uh, but then Coach Napier really changed the, the the atmosphere and everything. He really took the, the Nick Saban, Alabama approach and got a ton of, you know, quality uh, assistance, quality control, different assistance, different eyes. And a big thing, and this is one one, one area I'm, I'm really looking forward to seeing who we hire, but I think it's a big loss is, is losing Coach Hockey in that weight room. You really saw the body, the body size and just the conditioning of this football team change when Coach Hockey got in here. I mean, a lot of people don't realize he was essentially labeled a co-head coach, which is crazy to have that as a strength coach, but that's how important it was. So I think that's going to be a key uh, to continue the success. But with all that, all of that history I just gave you, Mike Desimo was a part of all of it. So he's seen what went on when he played. Then he was a part of the, the tail end of Coach Hud. And then, you know, let, let's use the Alabama analogy. There's so many coaches that go resurrect their careers by going under Coach Saban to learn. Well, if you talk to anybody in Alabama or in college football know-how, Coach Napier is very much like Coach Saban in structure-wise and discipline uh, and, and just how he approaches a program. And so Mike Desimo, Coach Des, was very fortunate to really soak up right here. He didn't have to go to Coach Saban or he didn't have to go somewhere to learn all this. He, he was lucky enough to have Coach Napier come here. And if you know Mike Desimo, then you know he's, he's going to soak up any and all knowledge. He's not above anything. He's not going to tell you he's smarter than anybody else. He's not going to tell you he's going to work harder. He's just going to show you, and he's going to do it. And I think that's what he did in the last four years under Coach Napier is really understand the difference and how to bring a program to the next step. So I'm excited for the guy. And here's another thing. If we'd have got a big splash name, they're looking to go somewhere in two or three years. Coach Dez is, is, is going to be a Cajun for life, I really think. Now, you never know what comes down later on in money talks, but this guy is here for the long haul, and, and we're in good hands. Uh, it's something I, I hadn't thought about, Richie, in regards to the the off-season program and Mike having been a part of sort of all three phases from the Bustle era to the Hut era to, to the Napier era and kind of seeing the importance there. I mean, look, I, I think he – He's got a lot of important duties as head coach, but first on that list is finding a strength and conditioning coach, the right the right guy, a defensive coordinator, and and then somebody. You know, uh, while while it was reports last night that there was no confirmation that Coach Jaluk was leaving, um, Doctor Maggard said to me earlier in the show that that Jaluk is indeed. Uh, leaving, And then I asked him who else, because Coach Billy, you know, Coach Napier made it sound like, you know, after signing day, there'd be more. He said a lot of support staff, right? Not necessarily guys on the coaching staff, but all of the different support staff. They had, you know, 20, 30, they had a lot on the support staff at UL. So he's going to have to replace them. But more than that, strength and conditioning, um, you know, a running backs coach. I mean, Coach Deluke is was one of the better 
position coaches, I think, in the whole country, honestly. Uh, and you know about you know his ability on the recruiting trail and things like that. And then, of course, hockey and, and what he did. So first on that list for Coach Des, those, those are – we talk about Dr. Maggard and, and how this is the most important hire of his tenure to date – I think the most important hires of, of, of Coach Des, Desermo's tenures are right here out the gate. Those three guys, those, those are major, major um, coaches that you're going to have to replace on the staff. And, you know, I'm sure he has people in mind. I know he's talked to everyone in his network. I know he's got connections. I'm anxious to see where he goes with those specific hires. Yeah, those are all going to be exciting hires. And, and Mike's going to be connected throughout his playing, throughout his – his tenure a little bit and, you know, just meeting these coaches, different places, the way he played and just who he is in general. And like, again, this is me just 100% speculating, but you had a pretty good ball coach and, uh, and coach Marcus Lovings, who did a real good job with some running backs named, uh, Elijah McGuire, Alonzo Harris, and then also got Elijah Mitchell here, essentially. Somebody that, um, that, that, that coach Desermo would know too. Yeah, exactly. And then look, I mean, not a lot of people know this and, I'm throwing just things out there on the wall. I have no insight or anything, but but George Coach George Munoz was was one who essentially got Mike from high school to that college level when when Coach Hud was still here, and um, you know he was with LSU with, with with Joe Brady and Joe Burrow. Then he went to Baylor for a season, and then he's been back at LSU. And from what I understand, he had a lot of capacity with LSU at the running back position once the tragic death of, of uh, Kevin Falk's daughter when he had to step away. So there's some, there's some connections there that Mike's going to have. And um, it, it's, I'm excited to see every step of the way for this program and, and how Mike handles it. We will see. All right, Richie, appreciate your perspective, man. Have a good one. Always take care, Scott. Richie Falgo, you can hear him on the pregame show one more time this year. Uh, what six? I guess six p.m. or six fifteen. Might be a fifteen. Maybe they extend pregame by fifteen minutes for the RNL Carriers New Orleans Bowl on December eighteenth. We'll see. Let's head back to the phone lines. Good morning. Welcome to the Great Scott Show. Hello. Good morning, Scotty. How you doing today, Bud? What's happening, Tennessee? Uh, it's a beautiful, warm December morning. I guess warm is right, man. I, I, you know, I get up so early that it it's oftentimes kind of cold, and then it warms up throughout the day. But I'm up so early, like I'm just rolling out of bed, and I just always just usually throw on like sweats or something. So, just putting on like a hoodie and sweats, and I walked outside this morning, and I was like, "Ooh, this is I'm, yeah, I'm going to sweat take today." That off. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I do the same thing. But uh, I got a comment I want to uh, hear your response to, and then a question if you got a second. So, I uh, I was a little surprised at the bowl game UL got a team that only had one loss. If you look at the landscape of college football, um, there's not a lot of teams with the win loss record that UL had this year. Um, I thought that I'm not saying necessarily a new year six, but I thought they would have got a little bigger bowl game than they got. Do you agree or no, no, I, I don't because in it, the reason I don't is simply because I know how the, the bowl layout works. Um, okay. You know, the the Sun Belt is tied into uh, a number of bowls. Um, basically, ES, ESPN owns a number of bowls that the Sun Belt is tied into. So you've got New Orleans Bowl, Camellia Bowl, Care Bowl, Boca Raton Bowl, um, 
Jeez, eh, some other ones like th- those are those are the main ones. Uh, and and then the uh, the ESPN owns other ones that they could replace a Sun Belt team in and sort of flip flop with the other conference tie-ins to those bowls. If that makes sense, like the Potato Bowl or the First Responder Bowl, which you all played in last year or the Frisco Bowl, or the Myrtle Beach Bowl, or the New Mexico Bowl. So there's a couple of other deals, a couple of other bowls that ESPN owns the rights to. And of all those bowls, if they want to sort of flip-flop and exchange teams here and put one here and one there, they could talk to the schools and do it. The next layer to that is that some of these bowls also have uh, first right of, of refusal. Maybe that's the wrong. Basically, the New Orleans Bowl, during the six year lifespan of this contract between the Sun Belts, ESPN, and the Bulls that I mentioned. <laughs> the New Orleans Bowl and the Lending Tree Bowl are the other the two that are tied into the Sun Belt. So the New Orleans Bowl has the opportunity, they have the right, if they so if they wish, four out of the six years of the contract, they can pick UL. No strings attached. Yeah. Whether UL won the Sun Belt, whether they didn't, no strings attached. They get to pick them. Uh, and, and it would make sense for them to pick them Almost every year, but especially this year, considering the five biggest attended games in the history of the New Orleans Bowl was when UL played in it, and UL happens to be ranked 16th in the country, is, is you know is on a 12-game right. winning streak and is really good. Um, so that's why they would choose him. But my, my, my response to, you know, better bowl, what is a better bowl? Like, if you can get into a New Year's Six, do it. If you can't, the reality is you're looking at New Orleans Bowl, the Lending Tree Bowl, the Boca Raton Bowl, the Camellia Bowl, the Cure Bowl, the Potato Bowl, the First Responder Bowl, the Tropical Smoothie Cafe Frisco Bowl, the Myrtle Beach Bowl, or the New Mexico Bowl. (laughs) I want to see them write that on the field. That's a lot of words. That's that's a lot of bowls. But, like, that's my point. Like, of those, does does somebody want to go to one of those instead of the New Orleans Bowl? Which, by the way, an $825,000 buyout for a bowl, a payout, it's not not compared to, like, the the, the Select Six, right? It's not compared to the New Year's Six. It's not compared to a college football playoff. But compared to those other bowls, it's more factor in that you're driving and you're going to sell more tickets to that see the reality is most schools lose money when they go play in a bowl game because the travel costs and everything else and the payout maybe not schools that go to this again not the new year six those are big payouts but a lot of these other bowls you're losing money and louisiana actually might make a little money all things considered uh so when you when you when you stack it up to the reality of contractually what's available no, I, I expected New Orleans all the way. I knew it was going to be the New Orleans Bowl. And, um, you know, if, if you say, quote, better bowl, under the life of this contract, the only thing better, in my opinion, is if you can get an absolute premier can't-miss matchup with, against the team in any of the bowls, because I think matchup is important. And if that's not on the line, then you, you want to go to New Orleans. Of course, the, what you want more than anything is a New Year's Six. And there was also sure. some, I think, misunderstanding there because since Cincinnati's in the college football playoff and San Diego State lost, uh, there were some folks Saturday night, they were asking me, oh, I mean, is UL going to be the highest ranked team like out of the group of five now that Cincinnati's in the college football playoff? Doesn't that mean they can get into a New Year's Six? No, it doesn't because the New Year's Six contract, it calls for one group of five school Unless a group of five schools in the college football playoff. That is in the contract. And Cincinnati's in the college football playoff. So that pretty much negates that. 
And so with all that, no, I mean, I think, I think New Orleans was, was the most obvious choice. And all things considered, yeah. I think it was the right choice. I think fans would have loved to match up with UT San Antonio. I think that would have been great. But, um, you know, ESPN and, 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 and some bowls, in terms of getting a, a, an early pick, you know, as, as to who they want in their bowl game, it just, you know, it, it wasn't. It's, it's Marshall. And, uh, and I'm sure Kansas yeah, fans are going to show that, up. You know, I think you kind of answered my question. I thought maybe there was another bowl out there that financially – would help the university a little more, but you know, um, I, I don't know. I, I never thought they deserved a New Year's Six, even though you can maybe make a debate for one team. But uh, you know, outside of that, I thought there might be a more premier bowl. But after you explained it like that, plus the travel and the proximity to New Orleans, the, yeah. That listen, makes sense. the reality is, if they had beat Texas and they were thirteen and zero. They would still well, be playing yeah, in the totally different. No, but it wouldn't be. They would still be in. Now, I, I'm not telling fans that they need to like that, but that's the reality. I mean, it's it's part of life as a group of no, five. No, I, I understand like, what you're saying contractually, but yeah, you you would have more of an argument. Sure, for a New Year's but bowl. I'm just telling you that those bowls, if they don't Texas have to, things. sure, they they absolutely would, and I know fans would want them in there, but they still wouldn't be ranked higher than Cincinnati, and the New Year Six is not going to you know, invite a group of five unless they're forced to. And contractually, they're, they're, they're forced to every year unless a team's in the college football playoff, which this is, you know, the first time ever a group of five is. And it's Cincinnati who's, you know, had a back-to-back undefeated yeah. regular seasons and, and played Georgia to the final snap last year. And I guess that was, what, the Peach Bowl. So I'm, yeah, s- I'm just, telling I you mean, that I even if they awesome. were 13-0, and 0, it would still be New Orleans. And, and then there's also contractually, you know, ESPN events, and you have a TV contract with ESPN, and they pay a lot of money. There are a lot of layers to it. I wish it was as simple as, hey, you know, you want a lot of games, every single bowl in the country, they get to pick whoever they want, and they're picking teams ranked in, like, the top, you know, 16. It's just not. It's just not how. It's not how the bowl system works, and um, you know the way it works has the Cajuns going to New Orleans. Well, you know what? I just think it's awesome that we got to see the best season in UL football history, in my opinion. And um, you know, I didn't get to talk to you since last Thursday, so I have a quick question, and I'll hang up. Um, how about them Cowboys? Later, bro. <laughs> there it is. I was waiting for it. I was waiting for it. Cowboys. You were supposed to win. There was nothing surprising about last Thursday night. Nothing at all. Nothing at all. 47 after the other. We'll take a quick timeout. All right, I teased this earlier. I didn't tell you. I'm going to tell you next. When I talked to Dr. Maggard last hour, he said something that has been reported as a possibility, that has been reported as... like. Something about the future of the Sun Belt. It was really, really big news, in my opinion. Did you miss it? I'll tell you what he said next right here. It's the great Scott Show. ESPN Lafayette. Don't go anywhere. He still hasn't given up his dream of becoming a member of the Beastie Boys. Mm, drop! Scott Prather on the great Scott Show on ESPN Lafayette. The best ticket in sports. It does go well with the chicken. Move me. Welcome back into the great Scott show. 
Been a fun Monday morning. Didn't get to get into the bowl games. We'll do that more as we move on. But Michigan, Georgia, and the Orange Bowl college football playoff. Alabama, Cincinnati, and the Cotton. Let's go. Let's go. I think Ole Miss Baylor and the Sugar could be a lot of fun. Yeah. LSU will play Kansas State in the Texas Bowl. Brad Davis will run the show for that one. That one is on, I think, January the 4th. And I'll say this. I'm glad, you know, personally, I'm I'm glad that uh, Louisiana is not playing in the Camellia Bowl. What's that one? That was on Christmas Day. Ball State, Georgia State. Mm-mm. No, thanks. Bowl games should not be played on Christmas. They should. That's just me. So, Louisiana's playing Marshall in the RNL Carries New Orleans Bowl. Could they be playing Marshall next year in the regular season? One thing Dr. Maggard said when I asked him that was it's not official, it's an expectation at this point. Southern Miss, Marshall, Old Dominion, James Madison. All four are expected to, not official, not yet, but expected to join the Sun Belt this June. With one exception in terms of James Madison's football team. Because they're they're transitioning from FCS to FBS and their football won't be in the Sun Belt next year. But the expectation is that all other sports programs at those four universities will be competing in the Sun Belt next season. That's big, especially for the spring sports, but all the sports. Uh, again, expect it to happen this summer. That was just one of many things we discussed. There were a lot of nuggets in there. If you missed my conversation with Dr. Maggot, I'll have it up for you on our website a little later this morning. Most of the conversation did center around his decision to host, to uh, to hire Coach Michael Desermo, promote him as the head coach. And I had a lot of questions. He was able to answer some. There were a few he, he couldn't enlighten all of us on, but he answered most of them, which I always appreciate from him. Tomorrow, I am hoping expecting to have coach michael desimo on this show jay walker will join me in studio as well jake delome a scheduled guest on wednesday it's going to be a fun week i'll talk to y'all all week right here on espn lafayette i'm scott prather this is the great scott show